Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. From the Northern Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 on the game, John Chuckery out for a few nights, John Fricky in for him. And uh, I mentioned uh, earlier the uh, countdown is on, the important dates you need to know, 14, 21, 29, 52, 14 to the first veterans reporting for the New York Football Jets, 21 to the Falcons uh, vets reporting, 29 to the first Hall of Fame game, 52 days now to week zero. So the countdown is on for camps to open across the Southeastern Conference. We welcome into the uh, program on the waitforward.com hotline. You can find him at Dr. Dr. Underscore J. Will on the Twitter. Jonathan uh, Williams, Dogs Daily. Hey, Jonathan, how you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, n- n- no big deal. Hey, I got a question in regards to all of the issues because we were having this discussion, uh, Carl Dukes and I, the other day. Uh, we're having a discussion on the show about, um, you know, he said to me, these issues that are happening up in Athens, um, do you think that they are a big deal? And my answer was, no, I don't think they're any deal. I don't think they're any deal at all. I mean, they're a deal, Jonathan, to the degree that obviously we had a horrific car accident, took two people's lives. But as far as it affects the program, I, I don't think this is affecting the program at all. Do you? I mean, I guess it can affect the program in some instances. Like you said, when a tragic event like that happens, it definitely affects the roster and the team morale in some capacity. But in regards to the success that the program is having, the trajectory of this team in 2023, I don't know that it's going to have any effect on that. I think Kirby Smart and his entire staff has shown great leadership throughout his entire time in Athens. And I think they're continuing to show they are working to get better as a program. They're working to fix these things. As long as he shows those things and as long as he continues to be a great leader and he surrounds himself with great people and they show those kids what is right, what is wrong, and they keep putting them in good positions, I think the program's going to be fine overall. Yeah, I do too, and and we we know that they have been tabbed to be favorites in all twelve of their games, and and much has been made about their strength of schedule. Though I think it might prove out to be a little bit more difficult. And again, Jonathan, I don't think we have to really worry about your strength of schedule if you're going to win another Natty. You're going to have to go through an SEC title game and two playoff games. That stretch alone earns you a Natty, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the same instance as last year. You go into the SEC championship game undefeated, you probably still have a chance of going into the playoffs, even if you do lose that game, of course, depending on who your matchup is. But yeah, the ultimate goal is you go undefeated in the regular season and you take care of business in Atlanta and you're in a prime position to go and win the national title again. You know, I, being list, list season, Jonathan, uh, there was one list here that I'm going to talk more at length about tomorrow, ranking the quarterbacks in the SEC. And we know who the 
who the big names are coming in because they're established quarterbacks. We're talking to the K.J. Jeffersons and Devin Learys and people of that nature. Um, I'm curious from a standpoint, if, if you say that maybe the quarterback, three-headed quarterback at Alabama, where Milroy, I understand, is leading, three-headed quarterback at Georgia, where Carson Beck is leading, we're going to get a breakout guy from one of those two on both teams that will eventually pr- propel the starting quarterback of that particular team to top two or three in the in the SEC by the end of the year, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I think both teams – I think Georgia is probably in a better position quarterback-wise than Alabama just because it kind of seems like they have their guy, Carson Beck, who's been in the program for three years now. He's been groomed to take over this leadership role and become the starting quarterback. Alabama kind of got to experiment with Milrow a little bit last year and see how he did. I think he did okay just for a guy that kind of got thrown to the rules a little bit. And, of course, when you're being compared to how Bryce Young was playing for Alabama, you're never going to live up to those standards. And then you bring in Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, a guy that does have some experience. But, again, I think there are more questions surrounding that Alabama quarterback room than there are Georgia's. You know, there's been talk about how Nick Saban handles his quarterbacks. We saw the situation with, uh, you know, Tua and Jalen Hurts when he was there. I think it's been somewhat unfairly uh, said of of, uh, Kirby Smart uh, that – he um, he doesn't have a you know quick enough trigger or something. I'm like, dude, just won two national titles. I think he knows what he's doing here, and I think you've seen him pull the trigger before. You know, Jacob Eason happened, and uh, and suddenly uh, you had to go to Jake Fromm, and then you have Dwan Mathis happen, and you got to make a, another decision. If anything happens to Carson Beck, he's not going to hesitate here. If Carson Beck doesn't come out of the you know jump here in a couple of weeks, by the time you get to South Carolina to make a move, right? No, absolutely not. I think it's funny because this, now that it, it's not until this season, until Kirby Smart has really had a quarterback that has just waited his turn in the system. You mentioned the first two, Jacob Eason and Jake Fromm, were both true freshmen when they took over the reins of the offense. And then even Stetson Bennett, while he was at Georgia for multiple years before he, he became starting quarterback, he was at Juco for a year. And then he came back under a new system with Todd Munkin. So he really isn't even grouped together in that Carson Beck conversation of people who have waited their turn developed themselves within the offense and really got their bearings before they were starting before they became the starter for the team. So, yeah, I think if it did come down to it, if say your starter, whoever it is, whether it's Brock Vandegrift or Carson Beck or whoever, if they aren't getting the job done, I don't think he'll hesitate to pull the trigger because he knows what's on the line. He knows what his team has to do. And if the guy's not getting it done, then he's going to take that guy on going with his next bet. He does it at every other position. So why wouldn't he do it at quarterback? Jonathan Williams of dogs daily. He's at, uh, at, Dr. Doctor underscore J Will W I L L on the Twitter. He's uh, talking dogs uh, with John Fricky on Sports Radio ninety two in the game. Is there a clear difference? Now I know that Beck is going to be the starter, but is there a clear difference, like a, a gap between Beck and Brock and Gunner, or are those three pretty close? I'd say the gap is, like I said, Carson Beck has just been there longer, and I. And, this is what comes with the territory of Georgia running a pro-style offense like they did with Munkin. And what it sounds like they're going to be doing the same thing with Mike Bobo now as offensive coordinator is, yeah, it takes some time for you to analyze the offense, really study. It takes time off the field to really become comfortable with commanding the offense and being ready to become the starting quarterback. So Carson Beck has had more time, and he's had more time to just become more mature. You know, if you've heard him talk here during the offseason, he has spoken about how he thinks he is more mature at this point. He understands – 
what is called upon and what it takes to become the starter at Georgia and what that looks like for him. And he said in his first years, I was not ready to do that. As a person and as a player, I was not ready to become the starting quarterback for Georgia. So I think that's really the only difference. I mean, both guys, Brock Vandergriff and even Gunnar Stockton, all have all the tools in the world to be successful in the SEC and as college quarterbacks. But the gap is that Carson Beck just has more experience. And while it's even limited experience, he did get a, quite a bit of experience last year due to Georgia blowing out teams in the fourth by the fourth quarter to where Carson Beck gets to get rolled in and he gets a few series to where he can chunk it around a little bit and just kind of experiment with himself and become more comfortable. And now I think he is just 100% ready to become the starter. And I don't know if you can say that for the other two guys right now. All right, Jonathan Williams joining us. We're talking about some of looking ahead to some of the camp battles for Georgia here. Running back, is it going to be running back by committee, or do you see one of the backs breaking out and becoming that, that number one gun? Well, I think over the years you've seen it become a committee. I think the last time you really saw just one guy or even two guys just dominate that room is when Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle were there. And then even the year after that when it was DeAndre Swift as the headliner of the group. Since then, though, it's just kind of been a running back by committee. You don't have guys going for over 1,000 rushing yards in a season anymore. Kenny McIntosh was just your do-it-all guy last year, but even then, they were going in with Dejan Edwards. They were going in there with Kendall Milton when he was healthy, and then they even put in true freshman Branson Robinson as well. This year, I think it's all going to determine on the health in that room. Can guys stay healthy? Can Kendall Milton finally get a season where he's just 100% healthy the entire year? If he is, I think he could be a guy to do it that can kind of take over that room. But even Dejon Edwards, he's earned his stripes at this point. He's earned his carries, and he is more deserving of getting his chunk of playing time. So it's really just going to depend on where you at health-wise. Are guys banged up? And so if that's the case, then, yeah, you're probably going to have one guy just toting the rock for the majority of it. But I think it's still going to – I think their plan for this year is definitely going to be just keep it with a running back by committee. Uh, Jonathan, on the defensive side of the football, who, who's the hardest guy to replace? Is it a Because you replace guys at every level here. And I know that you're reloading. I get it. I mean, and there's stars all over the place of five stars and everything. But is there a leader that will be harder to replace in terms of uh, his impact on, on the on the defense than, than any of the other guys? Yeah, I think if you're most people would probably tell you Jalen Carr, but I would say from a leadership standpoint, it's Christopher Smith who played safety last year for Georgia and was a veteran safety. That was a guy that played started for Georgia for multiple seasons, and he did a really good job of that. But he was very much so a leader in that locker room and a guy that people look to in times of adversity. So that's a tough one to replace. But the good news is, is that you have guys like Javon Bullard, Malachi Starks is going into year two. Tyke Smith is looking to be 100% healthy this year. And even the true freshman, Joan Aguero, you have a lot of guys that you can experiment with there. Dan Jackson, even, he was banged up last year, but he looks to be a full go this year. So you have a lot of guys at once that can kind of help combat trying to replace a guy like Christopher Smith. You're not just having to highlight one singular guy that you are hoping replaces a guy like Christopher Smith. You get to do it almost like I said with the running backs. It's like a safety room by committee. You have so many different names that they're going to experiment with and a lot of different guys that you're going to see out there playing safety for Georgia, even at the star position as well. Is Dogs Daily going to open up a bureau at Buford High School? You're just going to open a hire a guy and that'll be his, <laughs> that'll be his yeah, job? Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it seems like you should at this point. There's so many Georgia targets on that roster. Dylan Riola now coming in. K.J. Bolton's on the list right there. Jaden Perlot is a commit in the 2025 class at linebacker. So there's, I mean, there's so many names on that roster and they're, heck, they're right down the road from us. So it seems like, yeah, you should just have guys there 24 seven because there's so much to cover just from the Buford Wolves. Uh, expand this out just in the final uh, two questions, if, if you would, Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan Williams of uh, Dogs Daily with John Fricke. Uh, Jonathan, uh, two questions about the SEC. 
final year of divisions here. Is it a case where you look at South Carolina is going to bat first here? I would imagine that they're going to put up a little, at least a little bit more of a fight than they did last year, considering the way they finished the season. Um, but is there really anybody in the East that's going to – is Tennessee really going to step up behind Joe Milton? Is Billy Napier going to get it together down in Florida with a new quarterback, you know, and Graham Mertz? Uh, is there anybody in the East, Devin Leary, Kentucky, that, that might even be on your radar as being, okay, that might actually – you know, the one we have to be careful of? I think it, it's between South Carolina or Tennessee. I don't think Kentucky's going to do it. They just had what would have been a first-round draft pick in Will Levis, and they couldn't really get the job done there. They really didn't live up to the expectations of them last year. I think Billy Napier and the Florida Gators are still kind of in rebuilding mode with Graham Mertz at quarterback. Even them, even the Gators, they sounded like they didn't have too much confidence going into this year with Graham Mertz as a starting quarterback. It looked like they might have potential dipping into the portal and grabbing another guy. And just the rest of that roster, some of the guys that they lost, I think they're still kind of in that rebuilding mode with Billy Napier. So I think it is between Tennessee and South Carolina. South Carolina, of course, returned Spencer Rattler. And I think they would put up a better fight this year. But, man, they had Georgia – at home last year, and they got beat down into the ground by Georgia. It wasn't even close yeah. last year. Yeah. And then, a, and then right. a, Tennessee probably is the best shot this year, though, just because it is going to be in Neyland Stadium. But even then, like you said, can Joe Milton replicate what Tennessee was able to do with Jalen Hyatt, Hendon Hooker, and those guys? I don't know. It's a big year for, for Josh Heupel up there to see if he can continue this success, which is what you have to do to really become a powerhouse in cultural right now, is you have to string – um, successful seasons together consecutively. And so it's a big year for Josh Heupel and them. And I, I do think there are still some questions about Joe Millen. I don't think it's just a sure thing that he's going to go in there, light the world up and be a Heisman front runner or anything like that. I think it is going to have to be, you're going to have to figure things out from week one to week four and see if it is going to be like that. Because I, I mean, I don't know if it, I don't, I don't, if you're going into the season expecting that he's going to do the same thing that Hendon Hooker did, I think you might be in for, um, I think you might be a little bit disappointed if you're a Tennessee fan. Uh, final question, Jonathan Williams, as we head towards SEC Media Days in Nashville coming up in about uh, 10 days uh, or so. And uh, as we look for a number two in the East, I think we look for a number three in the West. Uh, Alabama and LSU are clear of the field, I think. But one of those teams will have a good season. One of those teams will step up. And it could be Arkansas and it could be Ole Miss. Uh, I guess it could be AM. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I guess. Uh, is there a team out West that you think that is going to possibly, outside of Alabama and LSU, be a little bit more of a, a harder out this year than some people, some fans realize? I think Ole Miss always has a shot with Lane Kiffin just because of the offense powerhouse that he has built out there. He always has the offense going. It's just a matter of getting the defense going on top of that as well. So I think you can always kind of bet on them to maybe be that tough out in the West and maybe exceed expectations, whereas LSU and Alabama right now are the two front runners right now, but maybe – Ole Miss can finally get some things rolling there, and they end up being one or two in the West. And Arkansas, they return K.J. Jefferson. That's a really good – that's really important for them. Sam Pittman, he's kind of been able to elevate that program a little higher than it was a few years ago. So maybe he can finally push through that threshold this year and get to, and start getting into the topper edge of the West. But I think really it's going to boil down to LSU, Alabama – and Ole Miss, but then maybe Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher can finally put to use that number one recruiting class that they just had a year ago and play like they everyone expected them to and play to their level of football and not be losing games to App State. So I think it, maybe four teams, I'd say A&M, LSU, Alabama, and Arkansas would be those four teams. Everybody else, I don't know if I could see them reaching up to those one or two seeds. I do appreciate it. Uh, next stop, Nashville for you. 
Uh, maybe. I don't know. We're t- still trying to figure those things out. I hope so, though. All right. Well, it sounds good. Hey, Jonathan, I do uh, do appreciate it. At uh, Dr. Dr. underscore J, the letter J, W-I-L-L, uh, on the Twitter, at uh, Dr. underscore J. Will. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Jonathan Williams of Dogs Daily on the WadeFord.com hotline. All right, I don't know how Chuck does the show, but I know how I do it when he's not here. We get uh, belly up to the bar, smash a few home runs. Oh, no, wait, that's the brace. Uh, Smash a few beers. And we're going to start doing that over the next three hours when I open up the phone lines at 404-726-0929. And we start talking you and me, and it begins right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.